Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message of our worship God you're worthy of our worship God you're worthy of our worship God hallelujah to the name of Jesus hallelujah if you truly live to worship him with the fruit of your lips can we begin to bless his name come on let's begin to bless his name come on with the fruit of your lips with the fruit of your lips begin to bless his name Father, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, we live to worship you, God. God, we won't allow the rocks to cry out. Come on, don't allow the rocks to cry out for you, but begin to worship your God. You are worthy, God. There is none like you. God, we bless your name on this morning. We bless your name on this morning. We bless your name on this morning. Come on, begin to fill this atmosphere with worship. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you, God. There's none like you, God. God, we searched all over and couldn't find none like you. We bless your name this morning. To worship you, God, we live. To worship your God, we live. Father, we thank you. We honor you, God, for your presence in this place. And God, we ask you now, God, that you meet us at our point of need. Father, we didn't dress up, God, just for a word from a man, but God, we need a word from you. God, we didn't make our way to the house of God for nothing. But God, your word declares that man can't live on bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. God, we need a word from your mouth this morning. God, there's someone, God, that's on the brink of giving up. God, give us a word. God, there's somebody, God, that's wrestling with some stuff in their home, God. Give us a word. God, there's someone, God, who's been dealing and struggling with their work week, God. God, this morning, give us a word. God, there's some relationships, God, that have been challenging. And God, we've received encouraging texts, but God, now we need a word. God, we pray, God, that you send your word. God, we're vessels, God, ready to receive a word from you. And God, as your word declared, David said that I would have almost fainted if I did not believe that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. God, we're postured in the expectation that we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And every heart that has an expectation to hear from God, say thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Thank you for your prayers on last week. 
I felt your prayers. I feel strengthened. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord amongst the people of God. So I want us to go quickly. I want you to take up your Bibles. I want you to go to 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. We've been on this series called Men After God's Own Heart. Somebody say everybody needs God's heart. Everybody needs God's heart. Somebody say all of us. So although this is men's month, I believe God has given me a word for all of us. I want us to look at 2 Samuel chapter 12. I want us to look at verse number 13. And then I'm going to jump down to verses 14b through 28. The Bible reads as thus, verse 13 declares, So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And in verse 15, it be if we can drop down to that, the Bible says, And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in all in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of the house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But the Bible says, But he would not, nor did he eat food with then on the seventh day it came to pass, somebody say the seventh day, that the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. Verse number 19 says this, then David saw that his servants were whispering. And David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore, David said to his servants, is the child dead? And they said, he is dead. Verse 20 says, so David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes and went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. I want to look at verse number 13 again. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning. Men of repentance. Men of repentance. See, we don't like, to, they don't talk about repentance in church no more, but I want to talk about men of repentance. And despite our prayers, despite our preaching abilities, even despite some of us who have some level of prophetic insight, we all sin. Somebody say, we all sin. I don't care how well you preach. I don't care how well you pray. I don't care how well you prophesy. At some point in this journey, you're going to sin. Somebody say the pastor too. See, we don't like that. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means the missionary, y'all mama missionary has sinned. Your mama has sinned. Even every man has sinned. Therefore, we're all called to be people of repentance. Are y'all staying with me? Because we've all sinned, that means all of us need to be people of repentance. And this is why we see this word repent over a hundred times throughout the Old and New Testament version of the King James Version of the Bible. This re reveals that repentance, hear this, is significant to the continued relationship between God and his people. So if I want to remain in relationship with God, if I want my relationship to be continual with God, then I need some, somebody say this, to repent. 
I've, I've got to repent. I've got to repent because it means that it's significant to my relationship with God and his people. And here's a word of wisdom. Anybody who says they do not need to repent does not know God and neither does God know them. Did y'all hear what I just said? If you hear anybody that says, I don't need to repent, and I want y'all to know, we had a former president who said that I don't need to repent of nothing. And watch this, they don't know God and neither does God know them. Anybody who says that, somebody say that, that's a fool. Uh, we, we, we all need to repent. And this is why Paul admonishes believers um, with this command of God in Acts 17, 30. The Bible says, and it's on our screen, now commands all men, somebody say all men, everywhere to repent. And herein lies the reason, watch this, why the enemy wants us to reside in sin rather than repent. Because the enemy wants, watch this, for our relationship with God to be severed. One of the major reasons why the enemy tries, tries to put a cloud of shame over our lives uh, um, when it comes to sin and causes us not to repent, really what he's trying to do is sever your relationship with God. Somebody say, I need to repent. I need to repent. Hear this, it's bigger than just pleasing your, fle your flesh. The enemy doesn't want you in fellowship with God. Many times what we think the enemy is trying to do is to get us to please our flesh. And we think when we please our flesh that God is looking down. I'm so disappointed. I don't I, I can't believe they did that. No, what the enemy is really trying to do. Watch this is ruin our fellowship with God. Many of us thought that it was just God not being pleased with me. But somebody say it's bigger than that. Oh, it's bigger than that. This is why the enemy tries to keep the people of God in sin. So one of the devices of the enemy is to minimize the significance of sin so you don't re realize, watch this, or recognize the results of your actions. Oh, all you got to do is ask Adam and Eve. So that means, watch this, you didn't just get drunk, you disconnected from the Father. Y'all staying with me? You didn't just deceive someone, you disconnected from the Father. That means I didn't just dabble in sin, I disconnected from the Father. And many of us don't look at sin in that manner. Oh, I just made a little mistake. Oh, I just found myself dabbling in sin. And the enemy wants you to look at sin in that manner because he does not want you to realize that you disconnected from the Father. Whew. Somebody say, help us today. So, so, so the sad reality is, is that many believers don't view sin in that way. Therefore, that I'm not always quick to repent. Y'all see what I'm saying? If I don't realize sin is in that manner, I'm not quick to repent. And then I realize that I'm doing the things of God and not in fellowship with God. Woo! Oh, that's dangerous. So, we, so, so, so in other words, when we're slow to repent, both Satan and your sin wins. This is why David said this in response to his sin in Psalm 51 11. I believe I have it on our screen. The Bible says, notice what David says. Do not cast me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. This means that David knew sin severs and even more, uh, we disconnect from the Father. Oh, here's, and here's, here's the big thing. Whenever we disconnect 
from the Father, we disconnect ourselves from our flow. In other words, the source of all we need. Uh, We disconnect from our protection, our provision. And as David said in Psalm 51, we disconnect even from God's presence. Ah, In other words, it will cost you too much to remain comfortable in sin. The old church did not teach us this. They, we, we, we thought we had a concept of what they were trying to get us to understand. But what David was saying is that it's going to cost you too much to remain comfortable in sin. And how many believers are comfortable in their sin? Ooh. And you wonder why things ain't flowing in your life. Here's a word of wisdom. Don't be the believer that's more concerned or worried about what people think because you continually repent. Y'all, y'all know that? That, that, that? that folk will stop coming to the altar because I'm concerned that people will now know what I'm dealing with. Ah, somebody say, don't be concerned about that. Because watch this. Uh, it, it, it means this. Watch this. A believer that rarely speaks of what they have to repent from just may be a believer that's comfortable in sin. We must repent because our relationship with God requires it. That means those of us who are pursuing hearts after God's own should also pursue repentance when necessary. I'm not. This is why I'm not ashamed to tell y'all what I go through in my home. Because my fellowship with God is more important than your opinion. I don't know about y'all. I can be the pastor and talk about what I'm dealing with. Because watch this. You are not the source, but he is. So I've got to make sure that I'm always, watch this, in fellowship with him. And y'all worrying about being, watch this, in fellowship with one another rather than being in fellowship with him. If you can't follow me because I made a mistake and fell, then I don't need to be in fellowship with you. I want God. I want to be in fellowship with God. So the critical question we must ask ourselves is, what does repentance require of us? How can we be sure that we have repented in a manner that God is pleased and our relationship with him is secure? I believe we find the answers to these questions in our foundational text. David finds himself, watch this, confronted with his sin and presented with a choice. And here's the good news. David chose to repent. But I think it's something important to note in this text. We've got to understand that God's hand was on David. Somebody say God's hand. He was king. God's heart was in David. God said, this is a man after my own heart. And God's hope was through David. For anybody that does not know, the lineage of Jesus was birthed through David. So notice all of this stuff. God's hand was on David. God's heart was in David. God's hope was through David. Yet despite all of this, it was necessary that David repent. That means we're not exempt. I don't care how much God's hand is on your life. I don't care how much hope people have received from God through your life. I do not care. Somebody say, I don't care. It does not make you exempt from needing to repent. All of this, David was king. Jesus was going to be born through his lineage. And watch this, God even said, this is a man after my own heart. Your position in God doesn't make you exempt. The praise you've received for the things you've done does not make you exempt. And neither does your potential in God make you exempt. Somebody said, we all need to repent. This morning, my prayer is that when sin finds our residence, and did y'all hear what I just said? When sin finds your residence, somebody say when. Because it will find your residence. 
that we easily submit to repentance. Not manufactured repentance, but God's heart concerning repentance. So here's what I want to do. I want to walk the text and I want to be out your way. I, 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 my heart is bleeding for the men this month. It's been, it's been bleeding for the men for quite some time. So if you got a man on your heart, somebody in your life, get them on your heart. I believe God wants to do something in their life this morning. Verse number 13 says, so David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Sin, watch this, that can be repented of must first be sin that is revealed. The only way that sin is going to be repented of is sin that is revealed. I need us to catch that. And not just the fact, watch this, that something opposes God, but when your eyes are open that you have offended God. Because you know folk can do sin and still and realize that it opposes God, but we never, our eyes are no, never open that it offended God. Are y'all staying with me? Have y'all ever sinned and you knew this was wrong, but you never felt like God was offended? So in other words, the only way repentance is going to work is when we have revelation. Somebody say revelation. I, I need revelation. Every time I send God, give me revelation. Because you will never repent of what opposes God until you have revelation that, you, that you've offended God. Did y'all hear what I just said? You'll never repent of what opposes God until you catch the revelation that you've offended God. Oh, that's something totally different, y'all. It's important to note, hear this, that David slept with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11. I need y'all to catch that. We're in 2 Samuel chapter 12. But David slept with Bathsheba a chapter earlier. And when you put this in chronological context, we find Nathan confronting David over a year later. Somebody say he sinned a year ago. The baby was already born. But David had no revelation until Nathan confronted him. In other words, he was relaxing. How can you be the, God's hand be upon your life, God's heart be uh, um, in you, and God, you didn't, do not have revelation that you've offended God for over a year later. Somebody say, I need revelation. Some of y'all done sinned years ago, and y'all still ain't realized that you offended God. You've got to ask God for revelation. Notice this. Hear this. Here's a word of wisdom. Come. Those that are comfortable in and with sin, it will always lead to continual sin. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever you're comfortable in sin and with sin, it will always lead to continual sin. Here's what I'm trying to say. David slept with Bathsheba. He had Uriah killed. Somebody say her husband. And then he took Bathsheba as his wife. Some believers, watch this, are only seeking deep in sin because they're too comfortable sleeping with sin. God ain't going to save your behind. You talking about, I'm sinking I'm seeking deep in sin. No, you, you, you're sleeping with sin. Are y'all staying with me? David got so comfortable in and with sin that it did not stop with him sleeping with Bathsheba. He had to have somebody husband killed. Whew. I don't know if y'all feeling me this morning. We don't want to talk about repentance. Notice, notice how 2 Samuel chapter 11 closes. The Bible says, 
But the notice what the text says. But the thing David had done displeased the Lord. The Lord was displeased with David, but David was busy pleasing himself. David was not, David never made the declaration that I have sinned until a chapter earlier. And 2 Samuel chapter 11 says, this thing that David did had displeased the Lord. But David was busy pleasing himself. How many of us can attest to the fact that we did some things that displeased the Lord? But we was busy, somebody say, pleasing ourselves. Help us today, God. So watch this, what a dangerous place to be. Never allow God to be displeased and you be around here pleasing yourself. And this is why it was not until a year later that David declared, I have sinned against the Lord. And the sad reality is that many believers sin because they view sin as what they do with their life rather than what they do against the Lord. Y'all ever, y'all, you ought to talk to folk and folk just say, this is my life. This is how I'm going to live my life. This, this, this God ain't, I ain't gonna, I'm not God ain't, I, God, I ain't get ready to give my life to God because this is my life and it's how I choose to flow in it. The reason why many folk don't, don't, don't repent is because we think it's what we do with our life rather than what displeases the Lord. Oh, help us to view sin in a different light. Why? And watch this. This is why repentance requires revelation that sin hurts your life and it hurts the Lord. I've got to know that it hurts my life and it also hurts the Lord. I know somebody may be asking, watch this. Doesn't the spirit reveal all sin to us? Watch what Jesus himself said concerning the spirit in John 16, 8. The Bible says, and when he has come, he will convict the world. Somebody say the spirit. the spirit. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. But hear this. Here's the problem. The spirit can reveal your sin, but many don't, when many don't receive it um, um, when the spirit reveals it. In other words, yes, the spirit is convicting. It's just that many be- believers aren't listening. Did y'all hear what, I'm just, what I just said? Many of y'all behind know it's wrong and you're not listening to the spirit. The spirit revealed that the fruit of um, laying in bed with, with them was wrong. You just didn't listen. Uh, you, the spirit revealed that the fruit of lying to your spouse was wrong. You just didn't listen. The spirit revealed that the fruit of living in sin was wrong. You just didn't listen. So many times, watch this. When a believer won't receive the revelation from the, the spirit, the Lord sends a rebuke. Did y'all hear what I just said? And y'all mad because folk getting in your business. You didn't listen to the spirit. Did y'all hear what I just said? Because when we do not listen to the spirit and receive it from the spirit, many times God has to send a rebuke. Because it was not the spirit that caused David to say I've sinned against the Lord. It was the rebuke of Nathan. Because watch this, when you don't listen to the spirit, many times God will send someone with a rebuke. And herein lies one of the reasons that many believers never repent because many believers run at rebuke. Y'all know that? We don't, we think folk in our business, Pastor Keith just picking on me. Well, your behind should have listened to the spirit so Pastor Keith didn't have to come with a rebuke. 
Nobody likes this this morning. Nobody likes this this morning. Because if we can be honest, many of us don't like being called out in sin. And here's the reality. God has called some of us to call you out of sin. Did y'all hear what I just said? Many of us don't like to be called out in our sin. But here's the reality. God has called some folk to call you out of sin. Ooh, that's good news. I'm so glad that I had a grandmother that called me out of sin. Many of our behinds would still be in sin. If somebody didn't call us out of sin. Ooh, that's good news to me, y'all. Stop talking to folk about your sin that ain't going to call you out of sin. I need some folk. This is why we need the mothers of the church. What man, Miss Alvera ain't here today? She'll call some folk out of sin. Watch, watch this. How do I know? First Timothy chapter 5 verse 20 declares this. I believe it's on our screen. Those who are sinning, watch this, rebuke in the presence of all that the rest may also fear. Listen, I don't, I, it's some sin that I ain't jump into because I saw some other folk get rebuked. I'm not trying to be funny, but I was watching something earlier this week, and I'm not going to call out their name, but a pastor just got arrested for sex trafficking. Somebody say in Tampa. And I saw it, and I said, Lord, I've got to make sure that, that I walk worthy of the calling to which you've called me to. I, many times God will show you folk that have fell into sin to keep your behind out of sin. I'm talking about he just started a church. Black pastor. Just starting and he is all locked up. Yeah, he locked up, y'all. So hear this. This is why repentance requires somebody shout revelation. We've always got to be asking God, God, give me revelation. God, make sure that not only do I know this is opposes you, but it also offends you. So hear this. I want us to go look at verses 14 through 17. The Bible says, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of the house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. But he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Hear this. Your response to re your revelation of sin will determine um, if re repentance is produced. It's, it's the response. So, so God can give us revelation concerning sin, but now he's looking, somebody say, for a response. Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? If your heart is not moved concerning sin as God's heart is, then you will never give a response. Watch this, that moves God. Hear this. Consider David's response in our foundational text. I don't know if I put it up there. No, I didn't. But notice this. The Bible says he wept. David therefore pleaded with God for the child. The Bible says he wallowed. David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. And the Bible says David withheld from eating. He would not, nor did he eat food with them. In other words, David's response was remorse. Somebody shout remorse. So the critical question we must ask ourselves is, does your heart hurt when you sin? If your heart does not hurt when you sin, you are not on the road to repentance. Is your heart troubled by sin or do you see it and keep it moving? If your heart is not troubled, you are not on the road to repentance. 
Does sin cause you to pursue God or continue to pursue the pleasures of your flesh? Y'all hear what I'm saying? Because many people will sin and say it feels so good that I'm not going to pursue God, but I'm going to continue to pursue the pleasures of my flesh. Somebody say that's not the road to repentance. Whenever I catch revelation, God is looking for, somebody say, remorse. And if you're not moved in a manner of remorse, then you will never move to repent. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 eight. I believe it's on our screen. The Bible says, for godly sorrow produces repentance. Because where godly sorrow is not present, you will never seek to repent. Some of y'all don't care that you've sinned. When you get into the place where sin no longer bothers you, that's a problem. Somebody say, that's a problem. I will never move to repentance. If sin no longer bothers me, that means my heart has now become hardened to sin. I pray somebody watching online is receiving this. This is why our prayer must be, God, whatever hurts you, may it hurt me. God, whatever breaks your heart, may it break mine. God, whatever grieves your heart, may it grieve me. That has to be a constant. And anytime you navigate the world, watch this, the residue of the world wants to get on you. So I've got to be asking God as I navigate this journey, as I'm around folk that have no clue, I don't care about sin, that my heart always hurts to what hurts you. And my heart always grieves according to what grieves you. Whatever troubles your heart, God, cause it to trouble mine. And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? Because your inability to respond to sin with remorse may reveal God's response to you. I need everybody to hear this. Your inability to respond to sin with remorse may reveal God's response to you. I'm going to tell you what I'm trying to say. I want us to go, and I believe it's on our screen. Look at Romans chapter um, 1, verse 21. Notice what the Bible says. Because they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and foolish hearts were darkened. Go to the next scripture, and watch what verse 28 says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. Somebody say gave them over. To a debased mind. To do things which are not fitting. In other words, when God sees that your behind has no remorse concerning sin, he'll let your behind, watch this, somebody say keep on sinning. He'll give you the ability where you can't repent he says, if you don't want to be in fellowship with me, somebody say, that's okay. That's how God operates. And many of us think that we're just doing our thing, that we're going to get to God when we feel like it. But could it be that God gave me over? Oh, what a sad tragedy that God would give me over. God gave them over to minds, watch this, that pursued the flesh, that pleased the flesh. And watch this, that only wanted to protect the flesh. 
In other words, unwilling and unable to repent. I never want to be in the place where I'm unable and unwilling to repent. You've got pastors like that. You've got ministers like that. You've got elders like that. That are unwilling and unable to repent. That can treat God's people any kind of way, but never repent. That, that can operate in all kind of sin. And we like, they got a title. But maybe God, somebody say, gave them over. Don't get mad at folk no more. Maybe God just gave them over. And this is why repentance requires our response to be remorse. This is why our prayer has to be, God, whatever hurts your heart, let it hurt my heart. Because I never want to be in a place where God gives me over. God, whatever troubles your heart, let it trouble my heart. Because I can't afford for God to give me over. Help us today, God. Let's look at verse number 18. I pray we can be happy later on. Y'all eat your little dinner and be happy. (laughs) Verse number 18 says this. Then on the seventh day, it came to pass that the child died. We may not see it in this way, but God loves us so much that every sin we commit, we are subject to repercussions. Somebody say that's God's love. One definition of repercussion is an unwelcome or unexpected consequence of an action. And although we may not like this, for every sin, there are unwelcome and unwanted consequences. Every time, somebody say all our sins. Either in the natural, in the spirit, or many times both. This is why James 1.15 reminds us with these words, then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, it brings forth, somebody say death. There, There are consequences to our carnality. I know we don't like that, but there's consequences, there's consequences. Somebody say there's consequences. Every sin that comes with a repercussion. We may not always see it in the natural, but I promise you, if it ain't birth in the natural, somebody say it's birth in the spirit. So, so there's these levels of repercussions. Huh? And, and, and watch this. Um, th- this means God will cause some things to die so you can die to yourself and repent. This is why even after David's perceived remorse, remember what I told y'all David did? I said he wept, he wallowed, he withheld food. Uh, somebody, the, the Bible says this on, in verse number 18. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died. Y'all probably like, Lord, this man done said I ain't going to eat. This man was on the floor. He wouldn't get up. We were trying to get him up. We were trying to get him to take a bath. He wouldn't do none of that. We might be saying, God, you kind of mean right there. Would, would y'all say that? Okay. I don't know about y'all. But if I'm laying on the floor and I ain't getting up, y'all, okay. Because why, and somebody may be saying, somebody may be saying, why would God do that? Because remorse is not repenting. I need y'all to hear what I just said. Remorse is not repenting. I done practiced it. I know y'all don't like this. Because watch this. People do cry one minute and cuss you out the next. Somebody say remorse. People do cry minute and cheat on you the next. Somebody say remorse. And people do cry one minute and con you out of your money the next. Remorse is not repenting. I remember old girlfriends catch me in sin or catch me cheating and I just make myself cry. Somebody say make myself cry. Y'all think it's a game. 
Men will make themselves cry and know they caught and go back shooting the next. And you thought what you saw was repenting, but somebody say it was only remorse. So if people will do that to people, what do you think they'll do to God? How many times have we been in a bind and we cry? God, if you get me up out of this. God, if you just take me and snatch me up out. So this is why God says, I see your, I see your tears. But God is not looking for tears. He's looking for transformation. Tell your neighbor, he's looking for transformation. And yes, y'all, some men will make themselves cry. Y'all need these men. You got to watch them. And then like manner, watch this. God desired more out of David because something, because of sin, something had to die. I've got to make sure that whatever you've done this time, that you do not go back to it. So I've got to let you know I'm not playing with your behind in sin. And many of us think that God is so mean and really what he's saying, I love you too much to be outside of fellowship with you. Ooh, that's good news to me. So for David, it was a child. But for others, it may be that career. Sometimes God got to kill your career. It may be that connection that God says, no, I'm going to have to kill that. And for, watch this, for even some, it may be that church. I promise you, that young man started a church. I'm not sure how well that church is going to last after that. He was all on the news. But here's the good news. That God would love him so much that he says, because of that sin, I've got to send a level of repercussions in your life so that you will not go back to the very thing that caused you to be disconnected from me. Oh, I love God. I don't know about y'all, but I thank him that he loves me even the more. And we may not like this, but your repentance means more to God than your career, that connection, or that church. He wants you, and if he has to kill something to clo close to you, he will do it. See, y'all, don't, we don't like that about God. Note, notice what Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6 says. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. One of the reasons that some believers don't respond well to the repercussions of sin is because many believers don't see it as the love of God. Y'all heard what I just said? One of the reasons why many believers don't respond to the repercussions of God really well because we do not realize that he only does it because he loves us. Thank God that you will still chastise me because I sin. When God stops chastising you, Somebody say, that's a problem. When I can do anything and God only, ain't even worried about me. When I can just tell, I can, I can speak to my wife any kind of way and nothing happens to me. Somebody say, that's a problem. I won't, listen, to every, our pressure be God, check me. If you love me, God, continue to check me. Every time I walk in a way that is not straight and narrow, God, continue to check me. Because when God stopped checking you, that might mean God has stopped, has stopped loving you. Because watch this. We can't allow the enemy to distort our view of God's discipline. Because God knows, watch this, the truth and the trap of sin. And herein lies one of the reasons why the Lord uses repercussions to produce our repentance. 
His love for us wants our experience with sin to produce a testimony and not a trial. Did y'all hear that? He loves us so much that he says, I, I don't want this sin to trap you. But I wanted to produce somebody to say a testimony. I'm almost done, y'all. I'm out y'all way. At some point in this journey of every person, we will all encounter a need to repent. I don't care who you are. Even while we are saved, being sanctified, and even serving the Lord, there will be times that we are required to repent. Because where sin is present, repentance is always necessary. And despite what you may want to believe, we, you can be a woman and a man of God and still sin. Did y'all hear what I just said? Yet here's the good news. A man with a heart after God's heart is a man that desires to repent. So if our heart is after God, then we must understand that repentance requires revelation. It requires remorse. And repentance produces repercussions. But I think it's important to note, note that this is, this is still not repentance. I need y'all to hear this. Remorse, revelation, um, repercussions, all of that is still not repentance. Y'all may be saying, Pastor Keith, that's a lot. That's still not repentance. I need us to look at verse number 20. What does repentance look like? The Bible says, so David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worship. In other words, repentance requires our return. Did y'all hear that? After every failure, after every flaw, after every fall, it's always God's desire that we return to fellowship with him. Notice what David did. He arose from the ground and watch this. He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. Oh God. Repentance is when we forsake what sin we were in and fellowship and return to fellowship with God. If you never return to fellowship with God, you never repented. The only reason God takes us through all of that is watch this. To get us to return to his house and worship him. That's good news to me that God would go through all of that. That I just might be in fellowship with him. God is saying the reason why I want you to repent. The reason why I want you to come to this altar. The reason why I want you to have a revelation that not only does this oppose me, but it offends me. So that I can come back into fellowship with you. That's good news to me, y'all. That God, the only reason that God wants to re, us to repent, to be in fellowship with him. Hear this, I'm praying for men this morning. And whoever you are, let us all stand to our feet. But there's some men that are connected in your life that you know need to repent. That you know need to be in fellowship with God. And watch what the Bible says. That the Bible says this. That the spirit won't tarry with men always. In other words, what that means is we won't always have an opportunity to repent. Did y'all catch what I just said? There always won't be an opportunity to repent. So as long as I have breath in my lungs and as long as God gives me the ability to repent, we want to repent. So here's for every man that you know has a hardened heart. For every man that is stuck in sin, get them on your minds in this morning. And it may be you. 
but I want to pray. Come on, begin to think about that person, that man, and it may be you. Father, we bless you. God, we honor you and we love you. And God, we thank you, God, that you love us more than we can love ourselves. God, I pray, God, for the men today, God. There's some men, God, that are stuck and comfortable in sin. And God, we thank you, God, that there are some, God, that are called to call us out of sin. God, I'm calling men out of sin. Wherever they may be, God, there's a man that's sitting on his front steps just drinking, ain't thinking about you. I call them out of sin. God, there's some man that has left their responsibility of their children and does not care. I call them out of sin. God, there's some man that made vows on the altar that, that wants to give up on those vows. I call them out of sin. God, we need our men. God, you need your men. So God, we are not exempt as David slept with Bathsheba. As David had another man's, um, another uh, woman's husband killed. Even as David had a baby out of wedlock and took another's, another man's wife as his own. God, we are not exempt. So I pray for these men, God. I pray, God, that you open the eyes of their hearts. I pray, God, that they see God, that not only, God, does this sin oppose you, but it offends you. Help them, God, to have revelation concerning sin. And God, I pray, God, that as they receive revelation, it removes them to remorse. That their heart hurts. That their heart is troubled. God, I pray, God, that they can't sleep until they repent. Trouble their hearts, God, until they run to an altar. Matter of fact, God, trouble their hearts until they build their own altar where they got to find a place to get on their knees and repent. And God, I pray, God, even for your mercy that they may not, it may not be like David who something physically died, but God, kill whatever you got to kill in the spirit. God, that will repent. And God, I pray God, that your spirit, spirit tarry with us, God, just long enough that we might return to fellowship with you. God, I pray for every uncle. I pray for every nephew. I pray for every grandson. I pray for every husband. I pray for every brother, God. God, help us to return to fellowship with you. We love you. We adore you. And we bless your name. And every believer that has somebody on their heart, and it may be you say I believe God I believe God and amen give God a hand clap of praise I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign and whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason he wants us to respond my prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.